best in life, I probably can't do something. I can't do it as good as somebody else. And uh, I think that he takes it as a personal challenge to go out and do it just to prove you wrong. This is the Creative Coaching Podcast with Mike Lopez, where we showcase coaches, leaders, influencers, journeys, and experiences so you can be inspired and work to get better every day. Follow us on Twitter at CreativeCoach47, on IG at Creative Coaching Podcast, listen on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, rate and review. We really appreciate that. So here we go. Today's guest is Coach Terrence T.J. Johnson. Coach Johnson is the newly named head coach at Texas State University and currently is the reigning Sun Belt Conference Coach of the Year. We talked to him today about how culture matters, that it's not about you, about acceptance, and about unconditional love. I know you'll like this podcast, and I know you'll look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you. Pleasure, pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. No, Coach Johnson, I'm so excited that you're able to take the time and make the time to be on with us. Uh, just, you know, so excited for you. I know I'm not the only one uh, now taking the interim tag off of you. You earned the head coaching position at Texas State University right here down the street from my hometown in San Antonio. Uh, just super proud, man. Super happy to have you on. And, and yeah, again, man, just thank you for taking the time. Yeah, well, I, man, it's it's just a pleasure to be able to talk to you, you know, because if I'm talking to you, then, then then we did something right throughout the course of the season. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. I, I, I start off every single podcast with this question because it means so much, I think, to us when we go back and we kind of reflect on how this game started, you know, in our lives. But how are you introduced to the game of basketball coming out of Sebastopol. Am I, am I getting that kind of right, Louisiana? Yeah, you're close, man. Se- you're close. Seba- you're close. Sebast- Sebastopol. Yeah. There you go. I got it. I got it. Right Bro, there. I was working. I was working. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who, I, how were you introducing the game of basketball, brother? Man, you know, my dad was a coach, man. You know, wow. um, my, my dad was a coach at St. Bernard High School, which is actually in walking distance from Sebastopol Lane. And, um, you know, uh, I was born in, in New Orleans on, on, on a street called Feliciana Street. Mm. And then my dad, you know, being a, uh, you know, being a young, a, a young father, you know, um, in my, in my, in our family, um, you know, it, it's a village thing. Yeah. So my grandmother was like, bring that boy down here. Let us help y'all raise him. And it was, my sister was, was older than me. So we moved back to, as they say, the country down here, which is, <laughs> is about 14 miles away from New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, but when, you know, back in the day, it, it, you know, even you didn't have social media and, and GPS, you, you thought 14 miles or 20 miles outside of downtown New Orleans was, was far. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my mom's family didn't know anything about that area. So, um, my dad introduced me to the game at an early age because I went to practice with him, saw him coaching and things of that nature. I was born in 78. My dad got the job in, in 1980. So I was two years old, you know, at his practices. And, 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 and from then on, the rest is history. You know, um, they, they, if they didn't know my name, they just called me little coach. So I fell <laughs> in love with the game uh, at a very early age because, it, it, you know, I, I didn't have to look for, for a role model. So, and, and yeah. that's, that's, to me, that's important. You know, uh, 
you know, I appreciate my dad stepping up to the plate, even though he, do, he was a young father and, uh, and doing the thing that, that, that real men do and yeah. take care of their responsibilities. I like what you said there, do what real men do. Uh, and I think that's so important for our, for our youth and for the future is for everybody to understand, Hey, look, not asking you to do miracles, not asking you to make something out of nothing, just step up and be responsible in those situations. And so, yeah, I can wax on that all day, but you know, me being father of four, I, I, I know what you mean when you're saying that. Cause it is, it, it's a tough situation when you start way early and for you to be able to have the wherewithal, your dad, that is to have the wherewithal to say, I, I know what's best for this young kid. I know it's going to be good for him later on. And I got to make decisions and, and take, make moves. And so that's great. Now I want to ask you coach as a player growing up and even through high school and college, what was your experience? Because Sometimes we're good players, sometimes we're not. And, and so that kind of changes the, the lens of how we view the game. How did you view the game and what was your experience with the game coming up? Man, you know what? I love the game. And, and to be honest with you, man, the, the game loved me back. Wow. But, um, you know, it, it, life happens, man. And, mm -hmm. and, and throughout that time, you know, I think my father and my mother were unbelievable parents. Yeah. Unbelievable parents. Now, we did some things different, you know. We did not watch TV on Mondays. Mm. You know, when we got home, there was no playing. You go, you went straight into homework. Wow. You know, we had reading assignments on the weekends. We had reading assignments during the summer. You know, um, we were not allowed to fraternize in other people's house. We mm. did not have a Nintendo or an Atari. Well, my dad bought us a computer, you know. Um, wow. I mean, we did book reports and things of that nature. My, my parents pushed family and education first. Yeah. and that they wanted to be the influencers. Um, so um, we knew we were different because we were definitely being raised different than, than our family members and, our, and members and, our, and friends in the neighborhood. Uh, but what happened was, um, and which often happens, man, sometimes uh, my mom and my dad had five kids together, and they were never married. Wow. They were never married. Um, and, um, and, and just, you know, a, a, after so long, you know, they separated. And throughout that, during that separation, I was in the sixth grade uh, when things got really, really rocky. And, um, you know, it kind of put me in a position where I, uh, I think I changed schools maybe about four times after that. Um, before, maybe five times after that, I went to five different schools wow. after that. Um, and I just got, I got caught up in a, I would say a divorce, but I got caught up in a separation. Mm. So uh, I know this going to sound crazy, man. I played one full year of high school basketball. Whoa. Um, yeah. Because it seems like every every time we tra well, I, uh, we moved, uh, I had a transfer rule where I had to sit out. Yeah. So um, the only thing I was left with was I think I had a uh, a JUCO college scholarship at like Clayton State or somewhere like that. Um, um, but at 10 years old, my dad took me to a Southern University football game and he said, son, if you come here, you can have anything you want. And I've never forgotten that. My dad went to Southern, my aunt went to Southern, my uncle went to Southern. You know, we were just a Jaguar family. Yeah. So I said, if all else falls, you know, I mean, my, my dream was to play for John Thompson at, 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 at Georgetown. It wasn't yeah. good enough, but, it, you know, and, and just probably, you know, just didn't understand what it was like to be in a position to walk on. We didn't have money. Yeah. So I, I, I know we could, I couldn't go that far. And um, so I went to Southern University in, um, in Baton Rouge, went there to, to play for Coach Job. I was going to be a walk-on there. In 1996, Coach Job retired in June. Um, and I got the news late 
when I came down, you know, um, Tommy Green said, you know, son, I heard about you, but man, to be honest with you, I got my team. I'm going to put you on an intramural basketball team, and then I'll come through there and see you guys, and, and I'll select one or two of you guys to, to be a part of the team. Wow. But, man, I'm about I'm tell you, about four months into it, I never saw Coach Tommy Green. Mm. Never saw him. Mm. So I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to focus on my, my, my degree and, um, and, and, and just, um, just enjoying my experience. So uh, it's funny, man. I walked away from the game, but they say if you love something, you know, you can walk away from it and it comes back to you as yours. For sure. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of my story. That's kind of what happened. Uh, and I would tease Coach Joe when I started um, being an AU coach and would see him at the Final Fours. And I would say, Coach Joe, was I that bad of a player <laughs> to where I ran you all wow. uh, in 96? And then you come back in 2001 once I graduated. He would always hug me <laughs> and say, son, that wasn't the case. Stop wow. saying that. <laughs> so he, he, was, he was an amazing mentor. Um, Coach Joe was not my mentor. Coach Joe was Dale Valdery's mentor. And Dale mm-hmm. Valdery was the head coach at Xavier University in New Orleans. Yeah. And he later became my mentor. Wow. So um, that was my connection to Coach Joe. So um, I missed him. Uh, I mean, he, 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 he was a man of men that never met a stranger, always had kind words for you. And, uh, and man, he, 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 he was a guy that's going to put his arms around you and encourage you. So, um, certainly a giant in this thing. And, 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 uh, I'm just, I'm just glad I had the pleasure to, to rub elbows with him. That, that's an amazing story because, you know, the game, like you said, it's good back to you, but sometimes it seems like it's not being so good to you. Sometimes it seems like the game's failing you. Sometimes it seems like the game is like playing games with you and you kind of got to wrap your head around some of those situations, but they always make you better regardless. It, it's it's like a, a regular relationship with another human being. Uh, sometimes things aren't always going to be peachy and rosy and everything goes great, but you got to work it through it and you got to understand sometimes why things happen. And maybe sometimes you don't and you still go through with what you love and who you love and all that. So yeah, man, I completely hear you and I, and I understand what you're talking about because, you know, moving forward now we, we, we look at, you being a coach now, your situation now as a head coach, would you say your dad and those coaches, those men that were in your life influenced you to go into coaching or did you have your mind made up, you know, prior to that, that, that that's what you were going to do? Uh, Mike, I didn't want to be a coach. Mm. I promise you, I, I wanted to be a dentist. Oh. I went to school and I went to Southern University and get a degree in microbiology Wow. And then I, I, I fell in love with dentistry because I needed a root canal my first 30 days in college. Wow. And I saw the bill and I was like, hold <laughs> on, man. So, let me see. so you mean to tell me I can make this kind of money and sit down and do it? You know? Yeah, so I'm like, money. man, this is what I want to do. Yeah. At 19 years old, I had an intern with a Dr. Ronnie Vincent on Mirabu Avenue in New Orleans at a dentistry. And he says, he said, I had a revelation. He said, God showed me that and he was a pastor. He was also a dentist and a pastor. He said, you're not going to be a dentist. I said, come on, doc. <laughs> he said, no. I said, well, 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 what did he show you? He said, politics. Mm. I said, oh, no, I'm too, I'm too honest to be a politician. <laughs> wow. He said, well, that's probably what it needs. And I think about it now. You know, and, and, and now I, I coach college basketball. You know, I, I have a tent on the corner of passion and purpose. 
Wow. You know, and, and there's a lot of politics that go along with this. Yeah. And, and, um, and he's right. It's, 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 you probably need some honesty to be mixed into that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm just, I, I'm just humbled that I allow God to order my steps and I'm here. Um, and you know, for, you know, for, I mean, I think what influenced me to go into coaching is just that, um, I didn't really want to be a teacher. I was, I was stuck in between, you know, what, what, it, what, what, what I, you know, what, what can I do right now? You know, I didn't score as high as I wanted to score in the perceptual ability part of the DAT. So that, you know, that was, that, that's hard. Yeah. You know, you could, you got to score well in that, in that perceptual ability, yeah. you know, if you're going to be a dentist. Yeah. And I think what happened was, man, one of my, two of my good friends were having the time of their life. And it was just like, see, man, you didn't graduate now, man, come out here, come spend some time with us. So I went to Norman, Oklahoma, man. And I, and I got introduced to Hot Hustle Hardwood, mm. which was the culture that Coach Sampson, uh, you know, and, 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 and I think Jim Shaw was on his staff then, and, you know, and, and um, Reigns was on his staff, and Benny Seltzer was on his staff. Wow. I mean, they had an unbelievable staff, man. Yeah, yeah. And Hollis Price and Quantus White was two of my close friends from New Orleans, went out there, and I was like, wow, yeah. this is unreal. Wow. I mean, worked the camps, just saw what her hard work did, start falling in love with the game again. And then, um, you know, got back to New Orleans and, you know, started coaching JV basketball. And then after that, started coaching, you know, AAU basketball. And, and I guess the rest is history, man, you know. Um, but that sparked that fire back in me, to be honest with you. That's awesome. You're talking about some really good coaches there and some young ones right now with Qantas. I know Qantas down there at UH and, of course, of course Hollis as well. Like, you're talking about a lot of good influences a lot of solid people, a lot of buckets too. You're talking about you're talking about people that can really help you understand why your passion is what it is. Like you said, passion and purpose. And if you're looking at a gentleman like Coach Sampson, that's a guy who's all about both. That's a guy Absolutely. who's all about molding young men into men, not just for the moment, but for the lifetime. So great stuff, man. I like what you talk about your steps being ordered. Like in Psalms 37, 23, it says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. And I think that's, you know, who, who better to establish your life? Who better to be Amen. your foundation? I don't want to get too preachy, but it's my show, so I can. Man, and, it's all right. You're going to get an amen from me. As, 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 as the preacher man say, man, you got to know when to shout. Yeah. So I'm all right with it. Man, oh, man, I'm all right. I tell people this all the time, Mike. Man, this is not my story. Yeah. This God's story, man. Yeah. This not mine. Yeah, yeah. it's not because yeah. I would have messed it up. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest <laughs> right, with you. Right, right, no, for sure. I can, I can attest to the same type of mentality. Uh, and so, man, I'm glad to hear that because it's, you know, you can see God's handprint on on all this and His fingerprints on Absolutely. all this, and that's amazing. Now, I want to talk about your first time as a coach, whether it was uh, JV, AU, uh, wherever it was. Where do you recall, like, do you recall, like, a specific memorable moment in your first experience where it was like, all right, I'm not a player anymore, I'm a coach, this is real? Anything like that? Yeah, I mean, just, just coaching JV basketball at St. Bernard High School, you know, and, and, and the beauty of it was, you know, man, I had, um, you know, I, I went to a Final Four, and I, and I watched uh, North Carolina do this thing to where they were circle up, mm -hmm. and you've seen it, you know, and 
you know, they bouncing the ball and they're in the defensive stance and yeah. they bounce the ball yeah. and they're in the defensive stance. And next thing you know, they bounce the ball and everybody just dives on the floor yeah. Yeah. and slides towards the ball. Man, I could not wait to get my team to do that. Yeah. I mean, we rehearsed that for like a whole week just so we can do it on opening night yeah. at a JV team. And, um, and and then after that, you know, we got House of Hardwood put on our shirts. So I knew then that culture matters. Yeah. And, and, and to me, like, just the energy that culture brings. So, um, man, I understood that, um, you know, it, it, you can't – at that time, I, I knew that I couldn't make any of those guys do anything. I had to inspire them to do all the things that we needed them to do. Yeah. And that was the fun part about it. You know, just, just really, really trying to coach guys um, the way I've always wanted to be coached. Yeah. And I always wanted to be coached as a person rather than a player. I yeah. mean, cause if you coach, if you coach me as a person, then you're going to respect me as such. Yeah. Then it's not going to be result based. Then you're going to be able to influence me and, 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 and impact my decision making in my in my life beyond beyond the moment. Yeah, you you so, um, yeah, you lend yourself to be pliable to a coach when you know they're doing that. Absolutely, and they can mold you. Yeah, completely. Absolutely, and I and I learned that at a young age. To be honest with you, and uh, didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is that I was young and I needed to be able to relate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's relatability, man. Like there's a lot to say about that. Like, I don't care how many games you've won as a coach. I don't care how uh, everybody praises you and you're on Fox sports net every Saturday morning or, you know, Jay Billis is interviewing you. If you can't relate to people, none of that matters. If you can't relate to your players, none of that matters. Even your staff, like people you brought on, if you can't relate at some point, cause you just got too big or too whatever. It's a, it's, it's, it's going to be a bad day, a sad day. So, yeah, you're right. Relating to players, gaining their trust is, is super important, man. So I want to ask you, because you talked about culture, the culture that, that you live in, your day-to-day, it, I, I hear some of what you're saying as far as, you know, God ordering your steps. And so what is he your source for if your inspiration and your drive, all that? Like, that, that's really what I want to find out. Like, what drives you, what inspires you daily? Man, you know, um, I, I, years ago, I, I started to um, work towards simplifying my life. Okay, and that that and that and that looks like you know how people say you need to you need to be your best self. Yeah, I said, man, if, if I'm gonna be a competitor, I don't just want to be my best self. I, I you know, I I think you know, I, I I consider myself to be a halfway decent individual. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But I want to beat that person every single day. Wow. How can I be better than that person yeah. if the goal is just to be my best self? If I was my best self yesterday and I'm, I'm my best self today, am I getting one day better? Yeah. I want to beat that person. Mm. So I'm out. And, and man, my man, Kim, Kim English, said it best. He said, man, the people at Chick-fil-A will not outnight me today. <laughs> Kim, Kim, Kim said, he went live and he was just like, my not pleasure. Gonna, my I, pleasure. I, I, yeah, my pleasure. Well, thank you too. Well, you have a great day as well. <laughs> it was oh, awesome. Man. And that's what I try to do for myself, man. I try to beat my best self. Wow. Beat that person. Don't be that person. Beat that person. So I started simplifying my life, man. I started understanding that, man, 
it, 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 if time is the only thing that you that 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 goes up and that 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 does not come down, like you'll never, I'm never going to be a day younger. Yeah. So then, what I do with my time, who I allow access to, all of that stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah. So I started decreasing my circle. I started simplifying my life. I started getting back to the point to where I don't come home and turn on my television. Where I open up a book. Well, when I go home, it's for rest purposes. When I'm at work, I'm at work. And sometimes I'm at work at one and two o'clock in the morning mm. because I'm at work. And work does, does not necessarily have to be nine to five. So yeah. I started simplifying my life. And I started doing, it, it, as they say, whatever it takes, it takes what it takes, yeah. as D. Gates said. Whatever it takes is what I, what, what I was willing to give. And when I started doing that and I stopped caring about the results, and I got advice from Shaka, and he said this years ago, like four years ago. He told me, he said, TJ, let me tell you, comparison is the thief of happiness. Mm-hmm. And you right. know how it is when you don't have a job or when you're trying to get a job or when you see being, people being um, being promoted or you see people switching jobs and you see yourself still making what you made last year, still working what you worked three years ago, you start comparing yourself. Yeah. I stopped doing that, man. Yeah. I started embracing the process and say, hey, listen, all that I'm doing is just chopping wood, getting one day better, mm-hmm. you know, trying to beat my best self. Nice. When you look up, you find out that you've been obedient. Mm. Wow. And once you find out that you've been obedient, then you actually, you surrender it. Yeah. And yeah. then when you do that, man, things start to happen for you. Yeah. Man, being obedient, being faithful in, the, in, that, in those things. And I think that's man, speaks volumes to the character that that builds because it's an it's a, it's a everyday thing. I like what you said, man, beating your best self. Like everybody says, I got to be the best. Okay, well, are you trying to go after that guy tomorrow? You know, being the hunted now. Are you hunting yourself right. now? That's great stuff, man. That's solid stuff. And, and I, yeah. and I, and I, my, the, the kind of the, the phrase we have for the podcast is get better every day. And I feel like that's, that's a call for all of us that want to not just necessarily be high achievers because that could happen for some people on accident. I think we have to be more intentional about it. And, and there's, no, there's more intent. There's no more intentionality than trying to beat your best self every day. It just yeah. doesn't get more intentional. So I want to ask yeah. you coach, because all of our reaction when when uh, when everything happened, and you when we found out you were going to be the interim, right? Because it's a big deal, and we were yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah. Here we, all right, here we go." This young gun's going to get a shot, and I say young gun, but you're around my age, so yeah, we're still young. Yeah, I'm say yeah. we're young. Uh, what was your reaction when you found out that you'd be the interim? Fear. Wow. I'm not even going to lie to you. Wow. You know, so my dad tells me the other day, he's like, you know just watching you in your press conference was one of the happiest day was, was was probably the happiest day of my life. Yeah. I said, Dad, well, hold on, man. You know, I'm like, yo, what happened to the, you know, August 10th, 1978? You know, <laughs> like, when I, you know, when yeah. I popped out, yeah. like, yo, what's up? I'm here. <laughs> what about, were you not happy that day? Man, he gave me the realest answer. He said I was scared. I bet, yeah. And you know what I was? I was scared. I was equally as scared as he was that day. 
he just had two. He had my older sister and myself. Man, I had 15. Wow. I had 15 in the world watching. Wow. I was scared. Man, let me tell you, man, I, I got home and I sat on that couch and I'm like, yo, what in the world just happened? <laughs> wow. Man, I was scared. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And, 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 and man, it took me a while. I, I, and I remain scared. Yeah. It's 12 o'clock. You know, it's one o'clock. I mean, I'm, I'm on the phone with Shaka. I get off the phone with him. I'm on the phone with AB3. I'm on the phone with Daddy Brooks. I'm on the phone with Tane. You know, I'm on the phone with, with Amir Durahim. I'm, I'm on the phone with, 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 with Coach Broussard at TCU. Coach Jones at, 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 at Radford. Man, I'm scared. Wow. I don't want to get off the phone with nobody. <laughs> I get off the phone with one, I'm calling another one. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to be left to my thoughts. Wow. Because those thoughts are going to tell me you are, in, you are inadequate. Whoa. You're not ready for this. You're not prepared for this. The dude was about to be scratching upon 600 wins. I mean, dude, what you doing? Yeah. Wow. Like you was just a middle school teacher six years ago. What are you doing? I was scared out my mind. Yeah. God. And you know what happened? I woke up the next morning. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. promise you. I woke <laughs> up the next morning, and it's the same thing that happened the day after Katrina. And it's the same thing that happened the day after I lost my grandmother, and the day after I lost my aunt, or the day after I lost my brother. Man, you wake up the next morning. So you realize that if I woke up the next morning, my job is not done. Mm. Because when my job is done, somebody's going to wake up, but it won't be me. Wow. Wow. So I woke up and when you wake up, you got a man up, man. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it, so you got to get to it. Like we're always told, uh, you know, be careful with how vulnerable you are with other people, you know, don't let them in. But I think now we're looking at life a little bit differently and saying, no, we do want to be vulnerable to a degree. Now you're coming, you're saying all these things, coach. And for not one minute am I thinking, wow, this guy's kind of weak minded and, the gravity of that situation though, like most people can never understand it. And so while, while you're saying that, I'm like, I'm glad you're being this vulnerable to tell us because those of us who are ever in a situation like that won't feel like what's wrong with me. Why do I feel this way? Shouldn't I be feeling this? Shouldn't I feel that? I'm just really glad you're, you're saying all that. Cause it's, it's real. It's as real as real gets. And so I, I completely appreciate that. Now, you you talked about some of the gentlemen that you you reached out to for advice, and kind of just didn't want to let go. Like, no, 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 don't leave me. You know, it's almost like being in a hospital bed and people coming to visit and they're keeping you busy with that, and you're just like, no, don't go, don't go. Who did you run to or lean on for advice during the season? And during the season, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I mean, there's some of those same guys. To be honest with you. We've had things, and, and I have certain people that I call, you know, um, about everything, yeah. you know. Um, but I would say, you know, some of the main guys that I lean on, he's shocking right up the road. Yeah. And, 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 and if there's something, I mean, he's been through it all. Yeah. You know, um, Mike Jones is a really good friend of mine. Coach Broussard is a mentor of mine. You know, Amir Abdul-Rahim is a brother of mine. 
So I, 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 I circled back and I dealt with all of those guys. You know, AB3 over there at Baylor, yeah. you know, and, and, and Pops. But I would say um, for, for me, the, the special moment is when um, Benny joined the staff and he said, T, man, let's go, let's go spend a day with the old man. And I said, you find, you find a time and we're going to take off. We're going we're gonna to get up here. We're going to leave at 530 in the morning, rent a, rent a van, and we, we're, we're going down to Houston. And we are going to spend a day with that program. Mm. I mean, Coach Sampson, we went to film with him. We, we were in their, their meetings. Uh, we, were, we, we sat down and ate. Um, we, 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 we watched practice. We watched practice breakdown. Um, we, we went through um, numbers and stats. We talked about culture. Um, and I'm telling you, I, 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 I left there a better coach and a better person. Wow. He is elite. Yeah. For He's sure. a legend. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched my, I watched my guys play for him for years and now I'm watching them coach for him. And I'm like, man, and I, and I, and I look at Benny like, you played for this guy? You, <laughs> you, you coach under this guy? Mm. I'm like, man. Well, I, I immediately got to work on my staff. Yeah. Started understanding what it was like to be that kind of leader. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to be a leader uh, of your team. It's another thing to be a leader of men. Wow. I yeah. said, man, I got to start. I, I got to start putting things in place with my staff. Yeah. Yeah. I got to guide these guys, give them direction, and then I got to empower them. Wow. I got to let them know that the standard is the standard. I got to get them bought in on culture. I gotta, I, I gotta let them know what my expectations are. Wow! Empower your staff, man. That's like a big one right there. Because, yeah. Because some people feel like they're on it, and maybe you felt this way prior. You're on a staff, but you know you're just there, or you don't have a voice. You're just there, and for you to think that way to empower your staff, that's a great way to kick off your 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 leadership as a head coach because. You're not just the guy who has to be on the floor and representing the team on, on, a, on a, you know, Tuesday evening, Saturday afternoon. You're going to have to do that, you know, with the fans, with, this, with the, you know, the institution as a whole. You're the CEO. And, right. And what are you bringing? What are you bringing to the table as that? Forget the X's and O's. Like, who cares about that? What are you bringing off the court? Who are you? Who, who are you in that? And so when you learn that and you empower people, learn to empower people, man, you got everybody's buying. I guarantee that like bar none, you're going to get buying. So that's great, man. I, I love hearing that. And not only that, learning from, from the coaches that you're learning from, man, it's like, if you get a front row seat into that, that world, man, you just, you just soak it all up and then apply it. Cause it, yeah. does, it does yeah. well good if you don't apply it. And we, these guys are elite. I mean, I, you know, I got to applaud Coach Phillips and, and Coach Gates and, 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 and Coach Jones over there at a and you know, for, for, you know, connecting me to the um, to that, that, that group of young black head coaches. Um, they've done a great job with that. You know, um, the Be Ready family for helping me out and, 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 and putting me on that platform and, and getting me connected to those people. You know, these Zoom things have done an amazing job, man. They, it, it's, it's been amazing how how you connect with people um, from all over the country that you normally wouldn't connect with, you know? So, 
um, you know, I've developed great relationships through that and it's people I can lean on that's going through the same things that I'm going through. Yeah, no, AB3, man, Alvin, big time, yeah, big time, big time dude, big time dude. I mean, I've been doing Alvin for a while now and just love everything about that guy. You know, when he started that group, you know, it just started off as like, okay, we're going to, we're going to meet because we can't meet in person. We're going to do this, right. zoom, this zoom call thing. And then all of a sudden it turns into like people, people are getting opportunities left and right through that, that collective. And everybody's looking at that collective, like, man, I want in, but there's no more seats at the table. <laughs> that happened too. It got too big and everybody's like, I want to get in. And it was too late. You know, if you didn't get in at the beginning, they're kind of left out. But that's something that I think the rest of us can can look at and say, hey, when opportunity comes like that, you don't have to know everything. Just jump in. You'll learn. Because everybody's right. learning. Everybody was learning. So that's great, man. Now, just, to, you know, a year where we have COVID pauses, testing, uh, cancellations, all that. I mean, just a crazy season. How did you keep everybody focused during this time, meaning, you know, the staff and players? Well, you know, um, I, I think you, I, I think, I think the hardest thing to do is to, um, is to create an, uh, a, 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 a level of, of selflessness. Uh, and, and, and the reason why I say that is because, man, you know, at, you know, from, from the time you're born, so about 18 years old, you know, somebody's telling you what to do pretty much, yeah, yeah. you know? So, you know, you, we've all said it. I can't wait till I'm 18, but people, <laughs> I mean, listen, the reason why is so I, as the kids say, so I can do me. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as you, I, you turn 18. So now hold on. You want me to share everything and you want to be, you want me, want me to be selfless, not with my brother or my sister, but with 14 other dudes. Man, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, can I go back to being nine? You know, yeah. where I only have to share with one other guy. So that that was difficult. But, you know, it, 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 it's funny how things work, man. We had a young fella, Shelby Adams, who who, who, uh, who had a son. Wow. And, 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 the, and, and the whole team respected him. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about what it's like for him to go home and to be in a separate room from his son and not be able to put his son to bed at night. Wow. Because you wanted to go out and party. Mm. So we just, we, we created real life situations. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Marlon, you like to go home on the weekends. You're from Houston. You just lost your grandpa the last year. You know, you want to go see your grandparents when you go home. So we just started saying, we, we started making it about other people. And you got to find out what people care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you find out what they care about, then you know what buttons to press. Yeah. And we knew our kids. We, we, we knew what they cared about. Yeah. And, 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 and that's how we used it all year. And then once we, once they started caring about one another and caring about winning, it was easy. Yo, we're not trying to have no stoppages. You guys are locked in. We on a mission. We are right there. But this stoppage will will kill it all. Yeah. That, that so that's yeah. how that's how it went. That's amazing, man. I, I know Shelby. You know he's the San Antonio product. Yeah. And, and you know, a really mature kid. 
from the beginning, from the onset. Like he's always had this level of maturity. And then here you go talking about know, know about your players, get to know about them, meet them where they're at, so to speak. That, I don't know. Any coach listening, anybody who wants to be a coach, if you're just listening and you're, you're hearing empowered people get to know your players, things like that, that makes, man, you're almost, you're, you're almost a decent coach right there. Like you just do that. You'll, you'll get, <laughs> you'll get the buy-in, man. It ain't that difficult. You could go to YouTube and get some X's and O's and stuff. Yeah, I know that's right. Huh? <laughs> but you know, I, I love what you're saying, man, because it's all relationship building. It's all building personal equity with these people and these, these men and young men. It's so important. So I'm glad to hear that, man, because I know that I know this time was difficult for a lot of people and, and for all yeah. kinds of reasons. Uh, never mind being afraid whether you were going to get the, 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 the virus or not. Like, she's, never mind that. Like, you, you still got right. all these other things going on, too. So just a crazy time. And, and I'm thankful it looks like not that we're out of it yet, but we're not going to have to see it to that degree anymore. Now, right. now knowing, you know, through the season here again, you're having success. You're, you're, you, you win the, uh, you know, your conference outright through the regular season, knowing that you, you were the right guy for the job from the beginning. Right. And I think a lot of us knew you had all kinds of people advocating for you. Uh, Jeff Goodman being one of them too, that, that I think really spoke out and, so I think about that and I think, man, what was, how did you keep your emotional state stable? Like, how did you go from like, I know I'm the dude for the job, but I'm not, they haven't taken that tag off yet. How did that, how did you kind of deal with that throughout the season? Man, just compartmentalize. Mm. You know, I, I um, man, I've, I've never, I know this is going to sound crazy and Coach Brooks always gets on me because uh, the father, um, you know, even, you know, if, if anybody's watched me coach AAU games, I, I, I'm, I'm not big into celebrations. Mm. I'm just starting to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, man, winning is a byproduct. And um, I, I, I hate losing more than I enjoy winning. Mm. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes winning makes you soft. <laughs> it makes you, it, it gives you a distorted perspective. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I, I'm a person that's seeking for perfection. When my guys watch film with me, sometimes they don't know if we won or lost the game. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So yeah. So I, but coach, 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 coach Brooks always say, TJ, uh, hey man, them wins hard to come by, man. You better yeah. start enjoying them. He would always tell me that. Yeah. And um, and I just started figuring out out this year. Um, when I coached AU, man, we didn't we didn't celebrate that kind of stuff. It was a byproduct. It's still a byproduct, but now we appreciate the steps towards the end goal. Yeah, a little bit more. So, what did I do, man? I'm gonna be honest with you. I um, I I, I didn't slow up. Mm. You know, I didn't clock watch. Yeah. I didn't. I, I never looked at the standings. You know, I I didn't read articles about myself. You know, I didn't tweet about myself. I didn't post about myself. You know, I, I didn't do all of those things and, and make it about me. Yeah. You know, so, um, oh, man, all, all that I did, man, I, I, I worked. I put my head down and I went to work. Wow. And that is it, man. Because if you're doing all of those things, you know what you're not doing? You're not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that so much, Coach. Like, 
so you stay away from the noise so that you can hear yourself think so that you can hear your that game plan in your mind because that's where it all starts everything starts in the mind but when you're involved in all kinds of other things you're not working i love that man like man, i tell i tell our guys this all the time like i said man listen man let me tell you something about about living in a while okay it is a predator free thing man that's what it is <laughs> yeah yep. i said man you catch a jaguar a cheetah they make a kill i said you think they can sit there and eat that kill i said i'm gonna tell you what a te- what a what a, what a cheetah or or a jaguar is not gonna do they ain't killing a lion bro yeah not gonna happen. Mm-mm. So guess what? When they sitting there eating whatever they eating, and a lion walk up, what they about? What's about to happen to them? They about to get ate. Yeah. I say. So what they do? They take it in a tree. They don't relax, and I think that's that's what happens, man. Yeah. Man, listen, Mike. I I, I, I told my mom the other day. I said, man, listen, mom. Everybody, she was, she was thrilled about the press conference. I said, man, everybody that got fired on Monday had a press conference too. Wow. Damn. All them dudes had press conferences. Yeah, one way or the other. Right. Yeah. They had a press conference when they first got that job. Man, wow. this, 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 this wow. stuff changes fast, man. Yeah. So I, I try not to get, I, man, I don't take it too serious like that, but I take it very serious. So what I do is I don't take it too serious and make it about me. And I take it very serious and understanding that every single thing matters. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That's and, what, and what matters less is what happened yesterday. Ooh. Man. That's big time right there. I love that. Don't make it about yourself. It's not about you. Can't do that. Yeah. Because they, here again, you could have another press yeah. conference down the road and it's about you not being there. And it's about you not being anything there. So, yeah. Like, that's great, man. I love that concept of, like, a, pr- a press conference. What does that mean? You know, what side, what, what end of that press conference are you on? The welcoming or the exiting? And so, yeah. Exactly. That's a great perspective for coaches out there listening because it's not the, – the way college basketball and a lot of coaching works is that it's not if, it's when. It's not if you're right. going to get let go. It's, it's just a matter of when, you know. And, I'm, and I pray everybody has a long, successful career, but – that's just the nature of the business, you know, love, love the game, learn the business. Like coach Kevin Sutton always says that man. And it's so true. And everybody needs to kind of take that idea. If you're going into that world now, coach, I want to ask you because you've had success now, right. Winning the regular season conference title and getting coach of the year, which congratulations on that. Cause that's a big time as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, moving, for, moving forward, brother. How are you going to sustain the success? Because, and I'm and I'm hearing some of it, but, but what are you going to do intentionally to kind of sustain it or work to sustain it? Well, I think the first thing you do is um, is, is you understand that you, that yesterday was yesterday, and that's what we did. In order for us to do what we did in back to back and win the amount of back to back that we did, we did research early on and saw what, what was the trend. Yeah. The team that won the first game, they almost lost the first, the, the second game by the same amount of points that they won the first game by, wow. or double sometimes. And it, they had leads that had played before before Christmas. And we, I, I said, man, so what's going on? I said, they're relaxing. Mm. So my whole thing is, 
I can't relax. Yeah. I refuse to relax. I, I Coach Sampson said, you got to be the hardest worker in your program. He said, two people that can't have a bad day, your point guard and your head coach. Wow. So I, I, if, if we're going to do anything, I told him, I said, man, listen, I am not a retweeter. <laughs> I am interested in repeating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're not going to sneak up on anybody. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I was considered an AAU coach before this year. And guess what? I don't mind it. And, you know, if we get players as good as we had in AAU with Texas Pro, we're going to be pretty good. You know, <laughs> I mean, Nigel Pearson was the fourth best player on my AAU team, and he's an all-time leading scorer in Texas State history. Yeah. That ain't bad right there. Not at all. So uh, I'm not going to listen to the noise. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I'm not going to be complacent or content. I tell these guys all the time. I said, man, you know what complacency is? It's death by lethal injection. It just takes longer. Wow. Man, that's tough. Big tough. Big tough, man. I hope y'all are taking notes because that's that's wild right there, man. You can put that on a T-shirt. You'd have room. We got to get the right guys up in here yeah. that, 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 that want to be a part of this yeah. and, 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 and that, that, that understand what culture is, preach culture, um, you know, um, bring culture to the floor every day. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, the assistants, they can't get comfortable either. And that's on me. I got to make sure that th- these guys are working like we're trying to keep a job. Yeah, yeah. These scholarships are, these scholarships are the same as these contracts. One-year renewables. Mm. Wow. And that's perspective, more perspective. And I think anybody listening here again, the business of it, the nature of the business, the nature of building culture. There's a lot you got to learn to this for, for this thing, you know, and it, it starts off with really having a great perspective. And this is a great teaching moment, learning, learning moment for you to hear this. Uh, also shout out to Marlon Lowe, Texas pro man. You talked about Texas. Man, that dude dude different. Yeah. Man, the way that dude has impacted my coaching career. I mean, I, I don't know if I don't know if there's another um, program that that has that has fed uh, um, a mid major uh, a, a mid major school such as ours yeah. um, like Texas Pro has has done here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you name you're talking about Caven Gilda Tilbury, you're talking about Nigel Pearson, Marlon Davis. I mean, Maxwell Starwood. You're talking about. Uh, Nate Martin, uh, you know, Dylan, D- Dylan Dawson. I mean, Alonzo's too late. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, it's a, tw- it's like a 20 something U team, basically. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. I mean, Marlon is, 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 man, he's elite at what he does as a person and, and as a coach, as a mentor, you know, it, 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 he's my big brother. You know, I, I was sick with COVID and he tells me all the stuff I should be putting in my body just making sure I, then making sure I took my ginger in the morning. Yeah. So I was in the middle of a staff meeting. I said, hold on, man. Low calling me. I got to answer this. Mm. Yeah. No, man, Marlon, Marlon is as real as it gets. And yeah. Talk about, you, people talk about being woke, but they're kind of scary woke. Marlon's like right on the money woke. I love, talk, yeah, man. I, I love talking to him. I love what, what, what he does. And just the perspective here again, it's a guy full of perspective, a guy full of wisdom. And that's, yeah, you know, indeed, man. somebody 
to, to stay connected with and to, to learn from, that's for sure. Now, Absolutely. <clears throat> during your press conference, I, I really enjoyed the fact that you ran down a list of, you know, historically uh, successful black African-American coaches who came before you. Can you kind of uh, elaborate on that as far as like for the for the African-American coach coming up that says, wow, more people that look like me, representation that is, more people that look like me are getting jobs, head coaching jobs. I, I, I find hope in that. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Because I look at a guy like John McClendon, right, who set the who kind of set the table, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you talked about Coach Gates earlier and man, he pretty much gave John McClendon all the the love and credit for his coaching career. Could, could, you, could you kind of elaborate on that, how how that's bringing hope to the future coaches of America? Yeah, definitely. Coach McClendon deserves more, more credit than, than than what's what's been given to him um, just nationally. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he he's a he's a pioneer. You know, and he he did an unbelievable job of stating his claim. You know, and, yeah. and um, I, I think it's what's what's important to me is is, is is I've always been a guy that um that just appreciates the guys that have done it before me. Yeah. And um and I say that with the utmost humility because um like the first basketball game I watched was um that I can remember watching was was Georgetown and Syracuse. Mm. Wow. And every time Georgetown played, my father made sure we watched them play. Yeah. And never understood why. I promise <laughs> you, Mike, I thought it was an HBCU. I was blown away when I looked at the population at Georgetown as I got in high school. I say, what? Yeah. You mean to tell me that's not an HBCU? Yeah. Yeah. And when people who look like you, who talk like you, who walk like you, accomplish things, it lets you know that you can. Yeah. And that you yeah. will if you believe you can. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man, to where I, I was reminded of that. I, I had a, I don't, I don't have bad days. Sometimes I have long days, but I don't have <laughs> bad days. And I had a, I had a long day. And man, I called Amir Abdul Rahim and he just did not like my tone. And he said, T, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you back after I put my girls to bed. And he's an hour ahead of me. So he calls me back at midnight my time. After he puts his girls to bed, spent some time with his wife. And he said, yo, T, um, man, I get it. I get it, man. He's like, man, I'm trying. He said, listen, we won one game last year. You know, this is this is tough. Yeah. He said, but, T, do you understand what, you, what you're doing? Ain't no turning back right now. He said, man, if you don't push through this, who's going to get another chance after you? Mm. Wow. He said, you're not just doing this for you. He said, man, you're doing this for everybody that look like you, that's yeah. waiting on their opportunity. Yeah. He said, man, you got dudes. I'm telling you, he said, man, you got dudes that, that's going to get an opportunity because of your success. And you got, you got dudes that's not going to get an opportunity if you give up. Wow. Wow, man, that changed perspective because you know what that made me realize is that that's the same thing Coach Cheney was doing. Mm. 
that's the same thing Coach Thompson was doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so true because we, here again, not making it about yourself. Here again, not focusing on the noise, on the hype or the hate, one, or the, one way or the other. You realize through that perspective that, man, if I quit now, I'm giving other ADs uh, a reason to say, well, look, we give them an opportunity. Now look what they do with it. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's kind of what coach Abdurrahim was kind of telling you is like, you, you know that if you don't, they won't. And you know that if you do, they have an excuse to keep you out. And I think, and I think that's the, the point of it. And I think it's so important for us as coaches that are minorities. We want a shot. We want a chance. Well, make the big time where you're at and work through that and be the best at that. And then when that opportunity comes your way, you'll be ready for it. And you'll know how to fight through and persevere because that's what's going to get you there. It really is at the end of the day. Because in a lot of people's eyes, we got to work twice as hard to make a way for ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but we were going to work twice as hard anyway. So who cares, right? At the end of the day, right. <laughs> we were going to do it anyway. So let's go. And uh, so that's great, man. I, I love the fact here again, showing that vulnerability and, and understanding uh, to, to the situation and what it meant, not just for you, but for everybody watching. Now, I want to ask you, coach, now that you're the head coach, you know, now that there's, you know, you sign a contract, uh, uh, you know, now that there's this expectation, what does that mean to you and your family? Well, I, I think you got to understand, um, you know, it's, it, it, as, as, as Dr. King said, you know, um, oh, I mean, excuse me, uh, you, know, it, you know, getting to the mountaintop is it, not that, you know, it's staying there. Mm-hmm. How, how, how can we sustain that? Yeah. You know, how can we make this, this sustainable? You know, um, and, and I think that um, just getting there, it, it, you know, it, it makes me feel good that my parents and, and, and my loved ones are able to see you know, uh, me accomplish these things and, and see themselves, you know, they, they living, you know, living their dreams through me, as, as, you know, if you're my father. But at the same time, um, I just think that this is where, this, this is where you really separate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's another, it's one thing to make it to the league. It's, it's another thing to be a professional. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and at the end of the day, you know, you got to figure out what was the what's the end goal. You know, it was the end goal just to get here. And um, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I I'm not gonna rest. I'm not gonna relax. Um, this is. Hey man, I'm not gonna be a lifer in this. Mm. But for as long as I'm doing it, I'm gonna give it my all. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be one of them dudes that's seventy years old, you know, um, <laughs> you know, you know, bent over, you know, you know, trying to, you know, trying to chase a eighteen to twenty three year old and trying to convince <laughs> them why they should come over here because I just got a four year extension. Wow. I ain't doing that, man. I'm just not doing that. <laughs> but I tell you, man. As long as I'm having fun, as long as I feel like I'm, 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 I can impact lives, you know, as long as I feel like I can help 
somebody become a better person and, 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 and in return, you know, be a better citizen and be a better husband, a better father. You know, I'm going to do this because they, they hey, listen, because uh, Tim Martin, uh, he told me, he said, man, you got something everybody wants. And I'm like, coach, what's that? He said, playing time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He said, use it. Yeah. Wow. You can get them to do things their parents can't get them to do. The professor <laughs> can't get them to do. Yeah, yeah. Their girlfriends can't get them to do. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, that that's something that, uh, you know, I've always, you know, through the, my years of coaching high school ball, I've always told the other the other teachers, the other faculty, and you've taught too, so you know, Sometimes the athletic director, the basketball coach walks around like they're King Kong. And uh, to kind of always humble myself before the staff, I would tell them, look, my job's easy. They come to me because I'm holding something over their head. Right. I got playing time. That's what they want from me. So I get them to do things that you can't get them to do. And so understand that. I don't think, I'll, you know, here again, humbling myself to let them know you have the tougher job. It's a war of attrition showing up every day for, for, for a situation where most of those people don't want to be there in the first place. But yep. as a coach, but as a coach, they're showing up expecting something. They're, right. they're showing up ready to engage. Even the ones that aren't ready to engage are going to have to, whether they like it or not. I mean, that that's just the gravity of the situation. So I love, I love that whole idea. Like, yeah, you you got playing time, man. That's leverage. That's leverage to do great things too. It's not just leverage to use people. It's leverage to do something, you know, just something wild, something fantastic that most people would never understand if they're not a leader, if they're not a head coach, if they're not a coach, they, they just wouldn't know. Now, I hear you say all these things, coach, and I know there's this, you have people in your life to help you and be there for you. How important is that support system for you? And I think it's I think it's truly important. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, to be going through what I'm going through at the same time that my brother is going through something uh, in New Orleans, and um, I'm here visiting him right now. And it's, it's been amazing to watch him and his journey. At the same time, uh, he's embarking upon uh, a new journey, a business uh, venture in New Orleans, and uh, and um, and we're, we're you know we're up at two o'clock in the morning just sharing war stories. Wow. You know, and uh, just knowing what he's, with the work that he's putting in, and um, and you know how he's able to persevere and, and push through that, um, you know, at the same time. So um, it's just really good to have that kind of support system. You know, man, um, man, I, I listen. Uh, a lot of love is is conditional. Mm. You know, uh, and, you know that's the, that, that that's the tweets. That's the that's the that's the heart. You know, that's the life. You know, that stuff is conditional. Yeah, man. If you got people in your life who love you unconditional, you know, you probably need to sit back and, and relax and then, and then, um, you know, um, Google the term unconditional and see what that means. Yeah, yeah. And um, and man, it, it, it's nothing like being around people who love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, man, I stay grounded, man. I stay grounded, man. Um. Humility matters, man. It's a new ego zone around me, and it's family first, man. If, if, if you know, 
If it ain't family, you won't find me around. Mm. Wow. Man, that unconditional love. I don't think people hear about that enough. And I think when we think about love as a whole, I do I don't think we think of it unconditionally. We start we start we start off with that thought. But we sure as heck don't end it when things get hot. No, we don't. We don't we don't think about that. We think about us, self preservation, yeah. ego, all that. Because yeah, because nothing in the world trumps personal interests. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that's man. I'm glad you brought that up. Unconditional love. It's one of care again. Coaches out there listening, guys who want to jump into this pool of leadership and coaching and mentoring and and all that. Man, if you start with unconditional love for the whole thing, because you're going to unconditionally love the game too, to a degree. Uh, you might as well apply it to people too. I mean, it'll take you places. So that's great. Now I want to ask you, coach. About I'm here again. I'm right down the street here in San Antonio, and so I've I've always been aware of what was going on in San Marcos, whether it's the football team, the basketball team, whatever's going on, baseball. What can the city of San Marcos, and because it's a tight knit community, and then the Texas State family look forward to with you as the lead for years to come? Now, yeah, you know, um, I think they've gotten a little bit of a piece of it. And, and that's, that's, man, um, that's culture. I'm going to talk about culture because I think it matters. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that culture is going to be, it's the first thing, man, is, is health. You, you, you know, uh, before you can get into anything, you know, it's about well-being. The best ability is availability. If you're not available mentally, if you're not available uh, emotionally, if you're not available physically, then it doesn't matter what your ability is. Wow. Because there is no availability. So that that's gonna be the first thing that this that this that this um this city and and, and, and this university and this, this student body and this, this fan base can rest assured that we will continue to do anything and everything we can do to put physical health, mental health, emotional health first. Wow. Man, Mason Harold was flat out exhausted after we won and sealed the championship. But we had another game the very next day. I talked to him from at home, at my desk, and he said, Coach, I mean, I can go. And then I I talked to the trainer. The trainer's like, man, you, if you want to be ready, you probably need to rest it. Mm. I said, well, he's not going to – we're going to have a hard time limiting, limiting his minutes. I mean, everybody thought I was crazy. Yeah. I said, I don't even want to dress him out. Wow. I said, put him in street clothes. I said, we'll be fine. So who are we going to start? We're going to start D2. He's a freshman. I'm aware of that. <laughs> Who's going to be his backup? The other freshman. Wow. The walk-on? Yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> wow. So who are we going to start? Isaiah? No. We're going to start Quentin Scott. He's been in this program for four years and it's senior night. Wow. Wow. You know, so when you do yeah. things like that, if it, you, you, we're going to be tested. Yeah. Are you really that guy that's going to put that, that first? Yes. I am. Wow. And winning will be a byproduct. That's character, man. That's character. That's saying, 
I care about the person more than the outcome. Like we talked about earlier, not being focused on outcomes, but the, the process, like it's overplayed, right? The process, trust the process, but that's what you got to do. If you want longevity and sustainability and success, you got to trust the process, not looking towards the outcomes because when you forget, when you look at the outcomes, that usually doesn't entail caring about people. That, right. that entails using people. And the last thing we ever want to do is use people to get where we think we want to get. That's a terrible situation. And so, yeah, that was, took a lot of character, took a lot of, you know, kind of saying, Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm aware of that. That's pretty good coach. Really good stuff. Cause yeah, it, it, sometimes those things are tough calls, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Tough calls, man. Yeah. But you, I mean, you've been talking like that all season. Yeah. The guy's just waiting on you. You know, every day is just a margin. They, they, they're just waiting on you. Yeah. I mean, as we, we say this every day. Who are we? I mean, you have to prove that every single day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love that. They're just waiting on you because they already know what's coming. They're just waiting. Yeah. They're just waiting to hear it. That's all. They're, yeah. They've already made up their minds, too. They just need to hear it. Right. That's great, Coach. Really good, solid stuff. So now I want to ask you about what you're learning because as teachers – as leaders and all that, we're always kind of conveying th- things to our players, to uh, to those that we work with and try to influence as best possible and impact their lives. But what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Man, it's so much stuff, to be honest with you. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll start with, 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 with the, the most recent thing that I've, that I've been learning that has helped me throughout, and that's acceptance. You know, I have to credit Shaka for that because that's the word that he's been like really, really hammering home. You know, just acceptance. Um, like, like you know, whatever it is that we're going through, you know, um, man, that, that you know, you start getting through it when you when when you begin to accept. Yeah, uh, it's extremely difficult to do that and to let go, especially when you. When, when, when your, your natural instincts is like, man, we should have threw the damn ball a half court. Why did we try to inbound the ball underneath the basket? Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, he, yeah, maybe he should have caught it, but maybe you should have threw it to half court too. You know, um, but it's, it's acceptance, yeah. accept it and move on because no matter how long you continue to ask yourself that, it will not change the outcome. Wow. Wow. So that's that, that that that's one of the that's one of the more recent um, things that I've learned, and I think you know early on in my career is um man I, I've learned to be honest with you um we got fired <laughs> when we got fired from Stanford when I was at Stanford man mm-hmm. uh, you know my phone was blowing up when I was the AAU coach when I when we got fired. When I got to Stanford, everybody was calling, and, and you know it was good. It was rocking and rolling, and then we got fired. And I promise you, it felt like I had leprosy. <laughs> right. It did. Yeah, yeah. It did. So, 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 so. What what I learned then is that man, you know, um, man, it's a lot of superficial relationships out there. Mm. It's wow. a lot of quote unquote friends in the business. Um, I try to stay away from friends in the business, man. Mm. I try to only make friends with guys that I'm going to be friends with, whether or not I'm in the business or not. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, it's an unbelievable job. But man, I'm going to tell you, I got some choice words about the quote unquote business. Wow. Wow. You know, that, that sometimes that brings out the worst in people. Yes, indeed. You know, it brings out the best in a lot of us for the most part, but sometimes it brings out the worst. Like it brings out the scoundrel in people. It brings out the fake in people. Mm-hmm. It brings out the people who are always going to be looked at sideways because they walk sideways. They act sideways. They operate sideways. They, they never think about anybody but themselves, even in the good things that they do for others. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy, Absolutely. crazy, crazy. And, and I'm sure you could, you could probably write a book about it. Most coaches can. Yeah. So, so my last question, coach Johnson is about legacy because I always, I always like to start with the beginning with the end in mind. No, no, you still got a long ways to go. Well, man, you're not that long because you said you weren't doing it till 70. So maybe you don't have that that long, but you got a ways <laughs> to go. And, and, and so when I ask this question, coach, it's about like a working legacy, like where you see yourself with people. And I, and you've said it and I think it's fantastic, but what would you want to be said of you when your career is all said and done? I would, I mean, you know what? I, I would really, if I could be on fly on the wall and somebody said that, um, that something that I said or something that I did or something that they witnessed um, helped change their life or their perspective and their approach. Uh, I would like for somebody to say, you know, it's always been bigger than basketball. I would like for somebody to say, you know what? He didn't say things he could not repeat. Mm. I, w- I would like for somebody to say, you know, one thing about it, man, he was a truth teller. You know, I would like for somebody to say, you know what? Um, one thing I can appreciate is that he was able to do all of this that he did and not take any credit for it. Wow. Wow. And if that could happen, man, then I've done, you know, I've done what I came here to do. And that's just, man, you got to leave this world a better place. If you have zero interest in leaving this world a better place, then leave now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Find a way out. Wow. Because let me tell you, man, we, this world needs help. Yeah. I mean, if you if you saw what happened, you know, back in June, this world needs help. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the marches, the marches that people have been participating in all summer look a lot similar to the ones they, that they participated in 50 years ago. Yeah. This world needs help. Yeah. Wow. A lot more perspective, man. A lot more perspective. Coach, man, I appreciate your time. I really do. I'm glad we finally got to get this done because you know, I, knew, I, knew you'd, I knew you'd come out the box ready to go, and you, you never disappoint. Every time I hear you speak, man, I feel like I'm, I'm gaining wisdom, and that's what I seek to do every day is listen to people and, and find out that wisdom and then apply it. So here again, brother, I appreciate you coming on and spending some time and making some time for us. Thank you, man. Indeed, man. Humbled and appreciative, man. Um, thanks for the opportunity. And, um, man, looking forward to when this COVID thing slow down. Hopefully you can come on through San Marcos and sit down and, and um, 
you know, come talk some Bobcat basketball with me. For sure. My wife would love that too because she likes to go to them outlets right there. Yeah, that'd <laughs> I'll, be awesome. I'll drop them off and and just yeah, man. And I've always loved that campus, man. That was like my. Some people think, well, what was your dream school? My dream school was south. It was Southwest Texas at the time, but Texas yeah. State was always my dream school. I wanted to play football there. So, Coach, I do appreciate it, and I'm going to take you up on that, man. When things free up, I'm gonna be down there, and uh, please do. Just appreciate you so much. So, thank you. Thank you, my brother. Be blessed, man.